Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 223. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And I'm host number three, Dr. Corey Petty. What's up, guys? Wow. wow. Not much, man. Just chilling, hanging out, doing my thing. How about you? Good. Good Friday. Good weekend. Don't have a lot of plans. Came back from F Berlin, so my body is finally readjusted in terms of like the time frames and stuff. Berlin. Yeah. Is that how they say it over there? I don't know. I didn't speak to a lot of people who spoke German, so nice. like, there's people who work work there and they don't speak a lick of German. Like you can get by there without like ever having yeah, to speak English. English. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, you'll hear all kinds of different languages because that's like a it's like a I don't know multicultural hub of of Europe, and but like you can just everyone speaks English. I I would like to live in a place where you have to speak the language, but that's if you want to go somewhere, and experience a different culture while never learning their language. Berlin's probably a good place to go. Yeah, my mom told me in Germany like it's it's almost required that you learn English. Um, kind of like how growing up here, people encourage you to learn Spanish. It's kind of funny, like if you try to speak German to them and it's not very good, they won't try and help you out. They'll just say, no, 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 let's speak English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Dose of Ether that. guys? Because they were there. Uh, Lucian stayed with me. Nice. Yeah. We and him split a hotel room. I got to see Lucian when we recorded this interview for this show, actually. No, that wasn't this show. That was... Was it this show? What do you mean you got to see no, him? No, no. We did a roundtable, remember? Oh, that was the roundtable with Alan. Yeah. You were in like a conference room and Lucian came in the conference oh, room. Oh, yeah, like, hey, yeah. So, I, so, so, yeah. Also, uh, guys, audience, I apologize for the audio quality from last time. I was in the middle of uh, F Berlin Hackathon, which had like a thousand people in a single building trying to hack and they were all talking and doing things and it was impossible to find any place that was quiet. So, because. Uh, I want to go to the hackathon uh, next month, and I imagine it's going to be bigger, right? Which one? Status is having a hackathon. Oh, yeah. So Status is having a hackathon <laughs> the first couple of days before uh, DevCon in Prague. And we rented out this massive place, and I think it's going to end up being like the spillover for DevCon. So people who can't get into DevCon will come to this, as well as I think we'll also be open during DevCon. So if people like want to hang out, have a place to go, they can go to this. And I think we'll also be relatively 
uh, cavalier about how you get in or like the requirements of participating in the hackathon. So you can just come hang out or do whatever. I'm going to come. I'm going to bring the balls energy drink for everybody. Mm, I remember balls energy. Yeah. <laughs> we used to, remember like we, we drank those in the old Halo days. We'd go to like Halo 2 uh, land parties, like tournaments yep. and stuff. And then just have cases of balls energy drinks. <laughs> yes. And I was like, whoever thought of this name is either genius or stupid. Because Is that similar to booty sweat? It's very similar to booty sweat. I like the booty. <laughs> they were the sponsor of those land parties a lot of the times, remember? Yeah. Sponsored by balls. And then we all got kicked out. <laughs> we were all like we were all like C suites of this yeah. of this organization and Texas Tech uh, land party. Like the mm-hmm. like the land gaming we originated organization. Texas Tech Esports, baby. And That's we right. like soon after the first land party we got kicked out because one of our teammates uh threatened a dude in real life. Yeah. After he talked some shit online. Threatened to bring it to fisticuffs. <laughs> Halo 2. It was, it'll, it'll bring out the worst in you. Yeah. It was really funny because, like, you know, like you talk shit on the internet, but then when you go to, like, a tournament and the guy was continuing to talk shit to us like he was on the internet, and we were like, wait a second, buddy, we're right here. We're, we're 15 feet away from you. Like, you're talking shit as if you want to take this outside, so we're just going to have to take this to fisticuffs. Like gentlemen. Needless to say, the rest of the land party did not appreciate our escalation. And we got kicked out. <laughs> I read that, like some analyst said that esports is going to get so big that by 2020, there's going to be more people watching esports than Major League Baseball. And I don't know if that's a testament to esports or if Major League Baseball is just waning. I wouldn't say Both? 2020. Both? I'd say 2022, <laughs> 2025. That's too soon. That's like two years from now. Well, I guess things do happen fast, right? Well, I so mean, the the uh, prize pool for the international this year was something like $26 million. Yeah, they're, they're giving millions away for Fortnite. You know, there's baseball players not making millions of dollars. I would say the majority isn't making millions of dollars. Do y'all think, yeah. do y'all think the, like the crypto gaming platforms, the ones that are trying to um, both no. like make betting available for these types of things as well as prize pools? Like there's a lot of things. Like, I don't know. I think crypto-based game money will never work mm-hmm. i can see crypto based games like you know rpgs that have tradable assets and like do it like doing the economics of a single game on a blockchain seems reasonable to me but moving a lot of those assets around seems really difficult because the ec- economics of one game is uh different very different than the economics of a different game they're two different worlds if you will right and trying to map the value from one game to the other is really really hard so what you end up with is like an asymmetry of grinding from one game which then leads to an overpowered ability in the other game yeah you can't that's that's why i think this like crypto based money for these games is never going to be a good idea and it's like it's it's simple like remember do you remember episode one like star wars episode one the the, the one the, the fourth one that came out yeah the fourth one that came out with baby anakin yeah and when they went, when they went to go, when Qui Gon Jinn went to go hang out with that little flying Batman thing, that was like a flea market dealsman, and he was like, "Your money is no good here." Yeah. And he was like, "Well, I'm gonna spend these Republican credits." And he was like, "Get that shit out of here!" Like that's pretty much what <laughs> these crypto games are. Is like you can't take money from one. You just can't do it. Some people, this not, they're not gonna take your money from WoW credits to 
Final Fantasy coins. Why not? You call them, huh? Why not? Because of what you just said, I could spend all day grinding in Final Fantasy fourteen. And what then- about aesthetics? If like, like say for instance, I, and, and Blizzard, it, Blizzard did this a lot across their games, right? Um, buying one game will give you a token or aesthetic or some type of cool thing that's hard to get uh, in a different game. So for instance, like say you bought uh, Heroes of the Storm early, you got the pre-release super edition that cost way too much money. And they will give you tokens for all of their other platform games on Blizzard so that when you're doing things in say like Diablo 3, you have a pet or like some wings that are only available if you bought that thing. So I so like I guess it, it tries to get you to buy the things in the platform and then and, and like explore all of their Blizzard universe and all their games so that you can get rare items in the games. Because at the end of the day, people want to show off like how much of a diehard fan they are for all the games. And so they want these types of things. And that's never gonna go away. But Blizzard check out Check out Lumex.io. I think every game right now in the stage should be built on the Loom network. Oh yeah, Loom is it's awesome. Kind of like yeah, it's like EOS for like on Ethereum. Like if there's a game that's built on the Unreal Engine, that that's kind of what this is. You think so? They're building like the infrastructure for building the stuff, so that if you do build it, you should just use their shit. Yeah, that's what I think. At least in this stage in the game, I think you should. That should be your back end. I've been trying to get Loom on hashing it out for a while now but they keep saying we're waiting for this release we're waiting for this release but they just keep releasing things and it's like well come on let's talk about some of it <laughs> yeah they're waiting for a very specific release that they'd like to hash out with you that'd be great great episode um i mean but blizzard is a special case though that's a 20 billion dollar business like they're, they're doing a lot more than special tokens for games like they have a culture they yeah. have, hell i personally saying- know someone Chella, we personally know someone we went to high school with. She'd like quit her job as a financial advisor to go work with the Overwatch like production team for Overwatch. Just one game. She loved the game so much. Was like, you know what? I've got a good career going as a financial advisor, but fuck this. I'm going to go be a fangirl and get paid for it for Overwatch. Well, I'm saying there's different motivations for attaching yourself to a game that big. I mean, if you're an attractive looking woman, you can open up a YouTube gaming, boom, you got an audience. Or if you want to make money, like Corey said, boom, or you could just lose yourself to the game itself. You know, well, it all depends on what your motivation is for, you know, if you're really good at Overwatch, are you going to enter a, a esports league and make money? Or do you just like to casually play and beat all your friends? She just went to go be a part of the production team. And like the hype squad, she's basically like the community manager for Overwatch. Well, let's think about like nice job. how um, entertainment changes over time, right? And, and like where we're going in terms of like VR and our ability to lose ourselves in some immersive world. I mean, those are all games, right? And and if the amount of time people spend passing time watching television is a, is a good metric for this, like the amount of time people will give you their attention based on like immersing themselves and getting themselves out of the world they currently live in. Those are going to be people creating games because we're moving away from like watching cable TV and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's going to be through some type of like social environment and in, in, in a video game or something like that. And the people who create these things in a way that allows people to do that are going to make a tremendous amount of money because I don't think people are going to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I don't think people are getting away from watching TV. How they're consuming it is different. Like yeah, we want to binge watch. Right? Yeah, we don't want to just play video games now. We want to be part of a community. Or there's DLC, or there's Twitch streams. It's just it's changing. And I was telling a family member about this. Like you know, when we were a kid, we bought a game for sixty bucks. Uh, now yeah. you you buy a game for free, and you make money buying like skins at a dollar or a gun here for two bucks, and just and you you got this game for free, but you're ending up spending like 120 bucks now instead well, of 60 bucks. That's where the blockchain mm-hmm. part comes in, I think. It enables yeah. new new monetization strategies because the technology allows you to stream money. Whereas you could mm-hmm. you can't do that. Like my, like microtransactions only work for you know kind of work, and there's a there's a limit to how much things can possibly get in terms of a low point. There's only way, and so microtransactions are the way games are ruling the world now, right? And and or at least like that's how they're making all their profit. You're not buying mm-hmm. games for the most part. You're doing you're you're consuming small amounts of things over a long period of time, a lot of times, and that that adds up to a lot. Uh, but you're still limited by how low you can go and, and your minimum purchase amount. With blockchain, at least like what the goal is, especially with like state channels, lightning networks, side channels, loom networks, stuff like that, allows you to stream money, which opens up new ways of building games and making money off of it. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to see like how that changes over time and what type of like games I'm willing to play slash potentially make money from. Cause like think about that. Uh, like if you can have this, you know, avatar self thing that you've built inside a community, like a game community, and you can take the asset that you've made inside that game and then trade it on the open market for like paying for your groceries, or your bills or something like that. That's mm-hmm. gonna like really make you dive into that game. Like that's gonna be like your job, and some some people will make that their job. Whereas right now, people's jobs playing games is streaming that game and making advertisements and YouTube things and things like that, and contributions from the community. Like a lot of YouTube streamer, Twitch streamers make a lot of money doing that, but they're not making money directly from the game. It's indirectly from the people watching them play the game. Imagine if you could have a job just playing a game. And that paid for and that directly. The money you made in the game directly paid for your life. Mm. That'd be fun. Oh, I cool. hope it gets to that point. Hell yeah, it would be. They need to bring back arcades. But man. you know what that means? Like our our kids are gonna be so weak. They're just gonna be like <laughs> frail, like frail bodied ghost people. <laughs> Who would never get out of their really, computer? Like never get really off the strong thumbs. Yeah, with really strong. Nobody's hands using your controller. Get like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, you could be like uh, Demetrius Johnson. You could be a, a cage fighter, but also have a Twitch stream. His Twitch stream is successful not because he's good at gaming. It's because he's a good fighter. <laughs> Don't let him hear you say that. Oh, I'll tell him that all day. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be a rebirth of the arcade. Like, can you imagine if you submitted your little twenty-five cent? But it was um, the the rails that allowed that were a blockchain, whether it be a lightning network or whatever it is. You submit your little 25 cent payment and you play a fighting game and you could see like the on the bottom of the screen, you could see the line of people waiting to play the guy who's kicking everyone's ass. Just like when you went to the arcade in real life as a kid and you're like, damn, where's this line for? Oh, it's Mortal Kombat. And that guy is kicking everyone's ass. <laughs> high, high scores recorded on the blockchain. Yeah, high scores. Put them on the blockchain, baby. Then um, you can like, then you can make secondary markets on who's going to win based on yeah. like who the guy's currently playing. 
get a little auger action in there. Say, I bet he loses the 15th fight against this guy over under on that baby. That would be kind of cool. I wonder if anybody's thinking of stuff like that. The only thing about fighting games is that it's tough to play online. Cello, so Soul Calibers, we're not going to be able to stream our Soul Caliber bouts because the lag, I can't take it. I'll scream. I can't believe they're making another one, to be honest with you. Really? Soul Calibers, that's shit. Yeah, so is Marvel vs. Capcom. And, well. No, it's not. Marvel vs. Capcom's garbage now. That's what I'm saying. I, you're just, what happens is you're just going to keep releasing games until one ends up being awful and then it kills the franchise. <laughs> just keep going. Until, I mean, I think it's like a movie. I think that's okay. the nature of like most things that are early successful. They're like, I guess we could just keep doing the same thing and see how long it goes until we do a shitty job and we made a bunch of money and we'll have to think about something different. Like a lot of people aren't going to yeah. be creative because they don't have to be because people just keep consuming the shit that they do. Like if, if someone said they're coming out with that thing you love, but next, next version, you're like, I'm getting that. And then you get it and you're like, Oh, this is gay. This is terrible. <laughs> but you got it right. You, you already got sold. What you're talking about, Corey, are the predator and alien franchises. You just basically <laughs> outlined how they're working. Yeah. It's, what's funny is every time a new Predator movie comes out, I always say the same thing to myself. I'm like, there's another Predator movie? Every single time I see the commercial and I'm like, is this a re- Is this an old commercial? Oh, no, it's a new one. Interesting. And then Alien doesn't understand that no one cares to see really deep, crappy sci-fi. They want to see the aliens a lot. Shit, you go back and watch learned. Alien. Go watch, watch the first one. Yeah. Where, like Sigourney Reaver. Alien the, 1. The original woman OG. Like... Super it wasn't era. a deep sci-fi. That was just a thriller. No, I don't know. I would disagree with that. What do you mean it wasn't sci-fi? There were aliens in that's, space. Yeah, that's the quintessential sci-fi movie. You can put aliens in space in anything, and you lost in space. I mean, you call it sci-fi, of course, because it's aliens in space. Yeah, there but you go. You nailed it. You're done. Full stop. It was a thriller, and people liked the thriller, and that's why it's. it was a great suspenseful movie. It wasn't like a... They didn't talk about like the the theory of the aliens and the why they were there. It was just like a ship gets lost in space. They find another ship that's lost in space. Oh, and there's aliens. We're dead. That's a sci-fi. But like, I'm talking about Prometheus was like, this is the origins of man. And the, what do they call them? Like the cosmonauts or whatever. And I was like, this is way too deep for a general audience. Nobody gives a shit about this. And then they didn't show the alien, the xenomorph until the very end of the movie. And I was like, everyone wanted to go to see that thing that you didn't show until the end credits. And then you see Alien Covenant, and I'm like, eh. You've been bottling this up. You've been bottling this up. They didn't show the alien <laughs> until... How can, we, how can we transition this into something that's relevant to blockchain? <laughs> oh, yeah, because in those movies, they use hardware wallets, obviously. <laughs> no, there we go. Marketing strategies of companies and how bad they are at, at, at relaying information to their audiences. Yeah. Um, and in the the original Alien did so well because nobody knew it was going to be a scary movie either. They just saw the, the trailer and they were like, hmm, that looks interesting. And then they went and they were like, oh my fucking God, that thing looks scary. Whatever. Still sci-fi. You know it's the same director, right? Yeah, I know. And he's just needs to sit down. He needs to sit his happy <laughs> ass down. He's doing a bad job. All right. Um, anyways, we, we got pretty far on a tangent there. Um, What's today's interview even about? Like, what are we? Oh yeah, Siren Labs. Talk about they the, are the coming the out Finny the Finny phone, Finny phone. Siren OS. 
and what that's going to be. I'm actually, I want one of these things. Like, me too. Pretty bad. I want to. I want to have it in my hands. I want to try it out. I want to see how good it is, especially based on some of the the hardware solutions they've come up with for storing crypto and how well. I want. I'm curious to see how well that changes over time with the space. Mm-hmm. Well, right. the phones come preloaded with the with the DAP, right? Yeah, yeah. They, like the, they have, they have an exchange, I think, as a part of their OS. And but like the way you store um, private keys is dependent upon the blockchain you're using, mm-hmm. and they need to adapt to all the different platforms that conti- will, will continue to come out over time. Like not everything's going to be built on Ethereum. Not everything's going to be based in in Bitcoin or like Bitcoin-like systems. And so uh, the cryptography associated with storing the keys that access those networks is different, right? Yeah. And so their hardware, uh, the actual like hardware they use to do that cryptography needs to be good enough to handle all that type of stuff. And the software that uses that hardware is going to have to be written <clears throat> by people and checked, and it's just expensive and, 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 and time-consuming. Mm-hmm to then allow it to, you know, use that type of stuff. So I'm curious to see like how things change or if we'll just end up coalescing into a single blockchain network because it's too hard to make any any consumer item that can handle everything. Are you familiar with Hal Finney, the computer scientist? Yeah. A lot of people think he's Satoshi. Yeah, they do. I once said it on our show that I thought he was Satoshi. That's what I, I think I was talking to Arthur Falls um, a couple of years ago at like a token summit, the, the original token summit. And I was like, so, the topic came up and he's like, do we need to talk about this? It's Hal Finney. Everyone does that. It's of course it is. It's, 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 it's unmistakably him. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I don't really care either. But there are people that just assume that it's, it's him based on, it's it's an interesting story if you're if you can get into that if you want to get into that but if Toasty's coins start moving oh my goodness it is going to do some it's going to be ripple effects do you think it yes. would you think it would skyrocket Bitcoin back into uh, like its its dominance index that it used to have or do you think it would kill it? Mm. Mm, well, it's already headed back to the dominance that it used to have pretty quickly. Um, I don't think it would kill it. I don't I don't think it matters that much. I think it would be more fascinating how I'm I'm more interested in the rate of the movement than I am actual just movement. Like if you moved one Bitcoin, I would say that's weird. No, that'd be huge. That'd be monumental. Yeah. I, I would just think it's weird. I would say, like, why are you just moving one? What you gotta Six thousand dollar dinner party to get to Satoshi. Yeah, but it, it it's it tells you that he's alive and they are movable. I think the majority of people today, when they take into the they take into account the circulating or potential circulating supply of all the bitcoins, they consider all of Satoshi's coins to be dead. Which means that if you think about the uh, realistically available bitcoins in circulation, uh, is much 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 smaller because he has so many of them. If he if he moved any amount of them that means those keys are still accessible and those coins can be moved which you have to throw all of those back into like the total supply that's that could be that could be reached mm-hmm. which changes the valuation of a single bitcoin a lot as well as the influence of a single player in the system as well as like there is someone out there that is satoshi 
who is influencing the space in some way, shape, or form. We just don't know who it is. As of right now, I think most people assume that he's dead. If you think he's Craig Wright, you're wrong. That's retarded. Mm-hmm. Tell that to uh, CaptainYours.org or whatever that guy is. I don't Ryan know what Charles. It's, it's to the point now where if someone says, I'm Jesus Christ, they would laugh you off as a lunatic. Like, no one can come forward and claim his presence. It, the, yeah. the time is gone. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. If it turns out that, like, say, for instance, like, in some, in some world, Craig Wright is Satoshi, I would change my mind about Satoshi than I would about Craig Wright. Yeah, that's a good way to mm-hmm. put it. Yeah, that is a good way to put it. If he does move his coins, there's just somebody's gonna fork off, and they'll call it like pre Nakamoto, Bitcoin pre Naka, is what they'll call it. That'll be the new marketing of that chain. This is pre Naka Bitcoin, baby. Well, I, I would BC imagine maybe. they would at least have the like what Bitcoin Cash currently says in their major marketing uh, like strategy is to say we're the original Bitcoin, we're following the original uh, vision of Satoshi. Mm-hmm. They'd lose that in a heartbeat unless you like love Bitcoin Cash. Yeah, by the way, the, the whole Jimmy Song, Roger Ver debate, it does nothing to help the community. It just makes everybody look bad. Yeah, that was a shit show. Jimmy Song, you should be embarrassed. Roger Ver, well, you live in that embarrassment, so it's I can't like say a, you should it's be like embarrassed. A, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know why they end up becoming these talking mouthpieces. Is it because they get so much attention and they like that? Yes. Well, that's your job as a maximalist, right? You have to pump your side. I guess yeah, it's 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 difficult to build a following when all your answers are it depends or it's subtle. Let's have a let's have a conversation and get like a work group about discussing the subtleties of these things. Like, no no no, I want to answer. Tell me tell me the right answer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, here's the right answer, because this is what you're supposed to do. I'm a maximalist. There is no other answer. And that's easy to follow. And the debate that was not a debate. Um just just so you know, Jimmy Song, you don't show up to a debate with speeches. You show up to a debate with arguments that you're going to be for or against but you don't show facts. up with speeches you, come, you, you show up with facts you show up with facts and facts that support your arguments what's up Joe? was there no moderator there was no moderator it was like jimmy song gets up and he makes a five-minute speech and this is how their debate was structured jimmy song gets to make a five-minute speech roger vera gets to make a five-minute rebuttal jimmy song gets a, to make a four-minute speech roger vera gets to make a four-minute rebuttal uh, and that was back and forth until it got down to 30 seconds so the last 30 seconds, Jimmy Song was just like, Bitcoin is the best. Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. Blockchains, not. Bitcoin, yes, is the best. PTC, yes. And that was, and then Roger Ver was like, that's your 30 seconds. It's my turn. And Roger Ver did his thing and was like, Bitcoin cash is for freedom. It's Crying for babies. Everyone. Dying people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin, cash, Bitcoin cash is pure baby tears. It is, it is, <laughs> it's. Oh, God, it was a shit show. Shout out to Ken, though, for being in the front row with his camera. Like, he's been at every conference for the past six months. There must be, like, four of those dudes, because he is everywhere. everywhere. I don't know if he has a job, like, a a home anymore, because he's just just traveling around to all the things all the time. I don't don't think he does either. I went to to one hackathon. I went the week, the, the Berlin Blockchain Week. I was exhausted. I was so happy to be home and, like, chill out for a little bit before i go to defcon i don't know how people do that back to back to back to back the touring Mm-mm. jeez now i have a newfound we did what three conferences and we were like no more no i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> none of that, <laughs> that well the quality i think i don't know the, the the types of people who go to those conferences are like and what you learn and who you meet is different than uh 
I don't know. There's, there, it's no longer if you go to something cryptocurrency, it's going to be good. There's a scale and an and a, and a and a you know audience that those people are pointing to that differentiates the quality of uh, of the conferences or meetups or groups or whatever it is. And so, if you choose if if you choose ones that that are trying to talk about things that you're not necessarily like you necessarily care about. It's gonna feel like they, it's it's just draining on you. Like being at being in F Berlin was like my kind of people, like a, a shitload of builders and the people who mm-hmm. had already had established projects weren't there to really 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 push their projects. They were there to help people build as opposed and, and, and like and collaborate amongst each other. That was a really cool experience. Going to um, like uh, I think it was the London Blockchain Conference last last year. London was rough because everyone was like just it was it was business suits and people selling the business suits there's no real like deep level conversation it was let me tell you why you should buy my product and that was it mm. same same thing for consensus mostly we should have like a pot a bitcoin pod a crypto podcasters conference that would be baller i'd like to 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 speak with all the people making crypto podcasts that'd be fun i don't think everybody would get along that'd be a tough one no we wouldn't but it'd be fun (laughs) no definitely not but i I would be uh, (coughs) so kazen that is creepy looking (laughs) oh for people who who can't see our video which is which is everyone who's listening you can see Cello's daughter, like standing in the window behind them, like staring at us with her, like that's some straight up the conjuring moves right there. <laughs> I've woken up from a deep sleep and she's just there, so. just staring at you. It happens. Does she say hello, father? And you're like, what the fuck? Get, go go to your room. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's let's transition to our interview on that. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So here's the interview with Siren Labs. They make the finny. We started to introduce it like 30 minutes ago, but whatever. It's a phone. It's a blockchain-enabled phone. Oh, wait, Cello, am I, am I stepping on your toes in this year thing? I wasn't here for the interview. The only thing I can add is for, for the people, if you're interested in what you're hearing, the phones are available December the 15th, so you can get your $1,000 phone this year around Christmas. There you go. A payment plan, that shit. You know, that's what you're going to do. So. It's, it's five Ethereum. There you go. Um, uh, anyways, uh, here it is. Hey, everybody. Today, uh, we're, we're joined by Svee Lindau, the, the co-CEO of Siren Labs. And, and we're here to talk about this amazing uh, blockchain-enabled phone. That that Siren Labs has been building, and and they're ready to unveil to the world. So welcome to the show, Speed. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, so let's let's get a little bit. We were talking about it just just right before we started to record, but let's get a little bit of your background. Um, where where you're from, and then how you fell into Siren Labs. Maybe before that, how you fell into blockchain technology, or fell into cryptocurrency. Either way. Um, but let's 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 get to know speak a little bit. Okay, so I have a, a vast experience in in telecom companies, working uh, many years. Uh, after that, I was working in some uh, consumer uh, uh, product companies that uh, 
were targeted to the mass markets. Uh, later on, I was working in a, in a company that was acquired by Apple, and I was working there for also some time. And about uh, four and a half years ago, uh, when uh, Syrian Labs was uh, founded, I've been approached by one of the founders, uh, checking whether I would be uh, interested in joining this company. And the answer was yes. And uh, actually, ever since I'm in this company in uh, different roles, uh, starting as a, a, a VP operations, uh, up to this role, which is a co-CEO, running and managing the company together with uh, Moshe Hogeg, uh, the founder and uh, the co-CEO, as, as mentioned. So this is pretty much about my background and uh, the time that I'm in the company. Um, about two, maybe a little bit more years ago, uh, we, uh, I, I personally and other people uh, uh, got uh, uh, curious about uh, blockchain technology, about uh, cryptocurrency and so on. And um, many thoughts were uh, uh, running here in the company about uh, how we are going to connect the, this, this world of blockchain technology, of cryptocurrency, and, uh, and mass markets. And being a company that is uh, uh, developing and selling mobile phones, the connection was, uh, was uh, pretty much uh immediately and that uh, that was the time when we thought about having a, a a mobile phone that is based on blockchain technology uh supporting uh, the uh, cryptocurrency uh economy and so on um today the company is all about mobile phones and blockchain technology and uh, cryptocurrency and this is uh where we are today can you can you give us a an, some details as to what makes a phone um what, what do you need to change from a traditional phone how do you need to to develop it or uh add architecture to it to make it work with blockchain what, what, what are you doing to make it a blockchain specific phone and uh how are other phones not doing that right so when we were thinking what 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 we are going to do and and about the blockchain technology cryptocurrency and so on and the way to uh, connect it to a mass market is only by uh connecting the main topics and doing it in a very uh user friendly way today and up till now, it is, I would say, quite complicated to uh, to uh, to send uh, and uh, to receive uh, uh, a cryptocurrency. Uh, there is a, a lot of uh, risks connected to it. Uh, the whole process is not really user friendly. And we took the uh, the tool, the mobile phone that everybody today has at least one. And then uh, uh, what we've done is to add some uh, uh, features and hardware to it in order to support our vision. 
So first of all, um, taking the, the operating system and what we are developing, it's a serine operating system, meaning it uh, has a, a cold storage crypto wallet embedded and managed in, into it. Of course, it is also backed by a, a special and a hardware that uh, we have in the phone on top of the phone as a mobile phone, but also a, a, a hardware wallet. Um, we, are, we developed a, a, a lot of uh, security elements uh, all around the phone to secure not just the day-to-day -day, uh, uh, usage of the phone, but also everything that is connected to the crypto uh, currency uh, environment or the digital uh, uh, environment uh, to secure uh, uh, the tokens and the money. Another thing that uh, we've developed and it is part of the uh, operating system is uh, uh, what we called TCS. It's a token conversion service that um, once a user wants to, uh, to convert one token with another one in order to use it uh, as a payment for an application or a service, he will be able to do it on the spot immediately uh, in a very simple way. This is something that today it is complicated. Another thing that uh, we've developed and implemented is actually having uh, a dApp store uh, embedded on the phone or on the operating system uh, in which there will be uh, dApp applications, applications that are based on blockchain and applications that are uh, uh, receiving uh, uh, tokens or a cryptocurrency uh, as a payment. And we are going to support all this environment in a closed garden in a way that for the user, it will be from a user experience uh, uh, point of view, very simple. Simplicity is something that is really needed here. Simplicity, security, and obviously, and something that is must have its outstanding user experience. Without all these together, it is still something that uh, it's not uh, going to reach a mass market. But once all these will be in a one product, this is the, the, the door for everyone to join this uh, a new revolution and uh, be able to, uh, to, uh, to, to be part of uh, uh, using uh, crypto or digital uh, money and uh, using services and applications that are based on uh, blockchain technologies. So this is pretty much uh, what we are doing. Um, we are going and we are trying to do for, let's say from a security point of view, for example, really to, to have something that um, the user will feel that he is really safe. You know, in, in our previous uh, product, one of the things, one of the main pillars was security. 
And then at that time, we gave uh, a, the ability for the user to, to have, uh, it was on, this, on the phone, we had uh, another um, secured area on the phone in which uh, the user can uh, go there only by uh, having a, a mechanical switch going to that area. We are doing something similar here. Um, the cold wallet have a, a separate display. So only once you open this secondary display, the cold wallet becoming active and you can uh, 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 run transaction, approve transaction. This is something going to your question that currently there is no such phone that support things like that. Product mobile phones that support an, an, an closed environment for a, a blockchain application and services is still there is none at the market. And we believe that we will bring to the market the very first uh, uh, a mobile phone that will give all these goodies for, for uh, everyone that uh, will want uh, to, uh, to enter and uh, be part of this uh, uh, revolution. You know, I think you're right in that um, cell phones are, are a great way to uh, introduce this concept to a lot of people. And, 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 the f and most phones don't have the required hardware and software implementations to do this securely right now. Um, it's, it's clear that these are the devices that will be the main interface towards the blockchain space, but if you can't safely interact with it, then you're going to have a bad time as people start to get introduced to it. I, I see this as kind of a, uh, I don't know, Model 1 Tesla. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a luxury phone. It's not cheap, but it, it paves the way, it could pave the way for other manufacturers. Like, do you see manufacturers basically copying what you're doing? Eventually, I mean, this is the, the the cell phone industry is is massive and it has massive players, and y'all are um, a smaller company offering a a a expensive I guess a a expensive phone that has things that are harder to produce or like you can't not easy to do on a on a industrial floor. Do you see people just like following suit later on down the line, or how are you going to adopt that? So it's it's really a great question, and. Um... <laughs> Our vision is that, and, and I said that we are developing an operating system, which we called obviously Serene OS. And our vision uh, is not just uh, uh, using our operating system on our product, on our uh, mobile phone, which is called Fini. Because Fini is only the first mobile phone that is going to use this uh, uh, operating system. What we are doing, and this is part of our vision, it's something that we already are uh, uh, doing and start uh, looking into that. Actually, we are offering our uh, Serene OS for other uh, mobile phones, OEMs, to, to take our operating system and embed them, embed it in their 
mobile phone that they will want to have a, a mobile a blockchain mobile phone from for their own so uh, we, we we our our intention is to help them implement our serine os on their mobile phone so i i assume that we will see uh in the next months and for sure in next year uh a lot of uh, 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 companies that uh, uh, today sell mobile phones simple normal mobile phones that will uh, uh, have some uh, uh, of their mobile phones that uh, are based and support a blockchain technology and cryptocurrency and we are offering those OEMs to use our operating system so uh, it's not a competition on the contrary uh, uh, we think that and we will want to help them implement and you know to adjust and making the right adjustment of the operating system per each uh, uh, mobile phone from each uh, uh, OEM and uh, it's not that uh, we are going to compete uh, the whole mass market with our uh, uh, mobile phone the Fini no we want to have our operating system running on as much as possible mobile phones from other OEMs as well. This is a, and this is the way uh, uh, really to bring it to the mass market, because our our uh, uh, Fini phone is to show and to uh, uh, to bring a premium phone that also has the Serine OS. Like today, there there are premium mobile phones that cost one thousand dollars, and there are mobile phones that cost two hundred dollars and even less. All of them mobile phones. With all of them, you can make phone calls and a, 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 a chatting and a, a social media and so on. And this will be the same with a blockchain and cryptocurrency. There will be premium phone that will run our operating system, and there will be other phones, perhaps cheaper, that will run our uh, operating system. This this is a, a how we envision it. Have you uh, have you had any buyers yet on the offering the operating system? Is has anybody has anybody tried to use it to install their OEM? So uh, we already. Uh, uh, we are already in contact with some OEM. Uh, some already uh, somehow uh, uh, went uh, without our intention to uh, to to the network, and some already was published. But uh, and I cannot uh, tell in this point uh, with which OEM we are uh, uh, working and discussing. But I can tell you that. Uh, 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 we are in contact with uh, with some uh, companies, some of the leading companies, and uh, both find it very attractive. All right, that's that's a uh, that's a good news, I guess. So, does does Serin OS give access to like the different app stores? Would it be like the Google Play Store, probably? Yes. So first of all, because the Serene OS is based on uh, on Android, and obviously we are going to be uh, Google certified, 
So first of all, you're going to have the uh, uh, all the application that uh, you are currently uh, uh, know uh, from uh, the Google Store and so on, Google Play and so and so on. But we'll have another uh, 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 store just for applications that are based on blockchain or application that accept uh, as a payment a digital currency, tokens or, uh, uh, or coins or whatever. And um, we are going uh, to have them on a, on a, a, a store uh, embedded already on the phone. The user will be able to, uh, uh, to uh, install it and to start uh, using it if either as a service or a game. And all those applications that will be uh, as part of the, the store of this, uh, uh, what we call the decentral store, uh, we, will, we will support uh, the token uh, conversion service to uh, to uh, to exchange between whatever uh, tokens you will have in your uh, wallet to those tokens that these uh, applications are using everything in order to make it uh, very simple to the user um, to 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 go into this uh, new and uh, amazing uh, environment. I'm kind of curious. Uh, out of the box, like what what blockchains are you giving access to, and how do you how do you keep up with the times of new things coming in and out of popularity, and you providing access to these types of the different blockchains or tokens or services? So at at the beginning, uh, uh, we are going to support uh, uh, the main uh, uh, tokens and and and, and uh, currencies, and uh, but we have a. Uh, 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 a very strong R&D team that uh, will uh, add uh, more and more tokens as needed and also based on uh, those uh, applications and services that uh, will be a part of what we are offering in the DApp store. So once uh, we will add uh, an application to this DApp store, we will uh, make sure that uh, we are supporting its token or uh, or uh, or uh, a currency and so on. So this is all part of our roadmap, and uh, part of the our uh, business development day-to-day uh, 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 -day, uh, work. All right. So t let's let's talk a little bit more about interacting with the Finny the phone so it has a hardware wallet on it is is setting up the hardware wallet kind of standard issue like like most hardware wallets is there 12 18 24 word seed um you know what's what's that process like for for uh the consumer so actually actually uh yes what everything that uh, uh, you know and you are familiar with a hardware wallet uh, we have uh, the same the only thing is that it is embedded on your mobile phone. So yes, you have the uh, the 24-word seed, and uh, the whole uh, setup process is is uh, quite similar. Uh, 
the same goes to the uh, approval of uh, transactions and, and other things that are related to the, um, to the digital uh, uh, currencies. However, what we have here is that uh, it's not just a, a hardware uh, that is embedded uh, in the phone, but uh, also the the, um, the wallet application that uh, we've developed, and it's part of our uh, uh, Syrian OS. It's a, a wallet application that is uh, a very user friendly. Uh, trying to, uh, from one hand, to, to keep uh, 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 the security in a very, very high level. At the same time, uh, trying to, uh, to, uh, to give the user uh, a way of um, doing everything in a very seamless way, in a very uh, simple way. So... This is something that I think it's unique. Um, this is something that is combining security and simplicity all together in the same place. Uh, the whole uh, 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 wallet application is really uh, was developed after uh, uh, looking really deep down into all other uh, 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 wallets that are out there in the market about uh, the, the good sides, about uh, problematic sides, and we try to, to, to have the best of all those worlds in our application. So this is something that really uh, we are uh, uh, putting a lot of emphasis on uh, the security and the simplicity and the user, totally user experience in the, what we are calling the, the, the wallet and the wallet application. Good deal. Have you have you done any um, any tests to see, you know, how quickly a transaction can be can be spent and and sent off with the Finny? Because I'm just saying that because in comparison to you know traditional ways to to spend money, you know, it takes maybe ten to twenty seconds to to complete a transaction at your local grocery store or wherever, depending on you know the clerk or you know if you're paying attention or whatnot. So how quickly can you get a transaction out with the Finney? Is it as smooth as using a debit card? Is it quick? So, yes, it is, it is smooth, very smooth. Uh, be also because, the, the, uh, because of the user uh, interface that is uh, very intuitive. So uh, you can really, if you're going to, uh, to a store and you want to, to, uh, to pay, uh, obviously you can uh, read the... the uh, the address uh, via a QR code, so and immediately uh, put uh, the amount of uh, money that you need to uh, transfer. Open the secondary uh, display just to uh, uh, approve the transaction, and that's it. So it's uh, really a matter of uh, of seconds, and to uh, to 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 send the, uh, the 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 whole transaction out there. So, yes, it is going very smooth. Uh, I do hope that uh, very shortly we will be able to really demonstrate it live, although it's already working in the lab. Um, but we are going to, to have a, 
uh, in the very next uh, few days probably, maybe one or two weeks, be able to really to show it. And then uh, it will be, be I believe uh, it will be amazing, really. That's, a, that's, that's pretty exciting. When can people expect to actually get their hands on one? So <laughs> I have one in my, my hand right now <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> of course you do, but what about everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm saying it and, 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 and it's really, it, it is exciting because we are all, we, we, we feel uh, that we are doing something unique and everybody in the company that is uh, right now uh, holding a, a Finiphone is really uh, feel so excited and uh, we are targeting to uh, launch the product uh, by the end of November. Uh, we will have uh, a launch event at that time. Uh, immediately after that, we will, uh, 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 we will start selling the Fini. Uh, we have a go-to-market uh, strategy that is based on a uh, our own stores and on uh, resellers and partners that are going to uh, to sell the Fini and obviously online uh, uh, sales and so on. So people will have uh, the ability to hold uh, this remarkable product uh, beginning of December. Right. Although, although, although I assume that. Uh, uh, Probably a little bit earlier, will uh, our marketing team will uh, be in contact with uh, some of uh, the channels that uh, we are working with and uh, uh, present the product and uh, demonstrate it uh, uh, before uh, before uh, the real uh, launch event. All right, Will Speed, we're going to ask you one last question. It's our trademark question, and in ten words or less, can you describe? blockchain so blockchain blockchain well a blockchain it's a it's a technology um, to transfer different type of things in a secured in a reliable way it uh, it's a, a, a platform to transfer data to transfer money to transfer documents I believe it has a huge potential that uh, we are seeing only the very first thing today. And in the next uh, uh, future, we'll see a lot of services and applications that we, we can't even imagine right now that we will based on this technology. So this is in a few words. All right. A little bit over ten, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, You're not the only one. Uh, trust me. It's okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so hard to do it. It is. It is. That was uh, great. Thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I, I look forward to kind of seeing these come to market. And I can't wait to get my hands on one. It was my pleasure to be uh, to be with you today, and yeah. I, I'm looking to the moment of launching the product so everybody will see it. This will be an amazing time. And welcome back. We really hope you enjoyed that interview with Siren Labs, which is making the Finny 
or some people would call it the Satoshi. No, no. Um, it's a phone, blockchain enabled phone. Supposedly, when you go to make a transaction, a secondary screen pops up, kind of like how Android phones you can have a screen inside a screen or whatever, um, and you can make your transaction, which is pretty cool. Um, but of course, there's a chicken egg egg chicken situation because merchants aren't usually uh, crypto amenable. So we still got a long ways to go. So speaking of that, long ways to go. The chief uh, commercial officer, I think is what it's called. I don't think that's what it's called. BitPay. No, I do think that's what it's called. I just read it the other day. I'll, I'll look it up while you keep talking. Go ahead. This isn't Stephen Pear, is it? No, it's not. Um, Silence. Chief commercial officer. Uh, sorry, he said uh, all coins will never come back and Bitcoin is going to rebound in 2019. What does he refer to as all coins? Everything but Bitcoin? I mean, that's the best definition going right now. That's a dumb argument. That's a dumb thing to say. Ah, I thought so too. I even said that on just the headers. I was like, he's wrong, but. Oh, he's, he's pumping Square. That's, he's, pumping, uh, he's pumping his, his app. He's saying that Square is going to offer Bitcoin processing for merchants and that's going to take off and people aren't going to use alts. He's pumping a product. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I remember I mean, Corey always told me when someone says something, there's always a baseline motivation for what they say. So I was interested in why he said that. Yeah, like, I, I think that's, that's a, that, that rings more true here than anything else because like, there's uncertainty in how the future looks. And so when people speak with confidence about what they're doing, people will listen to them more often. People who don't understand will listen to them more often. Mm-hmm. And if you can become that, like, you know, uh, big app that everyone used, if you become the main thing that everyone uses to get into the space, then you have a large influence on what the space looks like in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's a Rolls-Royce Bugatti dealership that they're partners with that accepts Bitcoin too. Yeah, cool. Like I say, if that works out, sure, that will probably increase the Bitcoin dominance by a lot. But to say everything's going to zero is just a stupid thing to say. Well, yeah. Bitcoin can't do everything. And people learn that you know, they they peeled blockchain out of the Bitcoin white paper and it works. You know, blockchain tech. Sorry, it, the, the the abstraction works. Blockchain tech still has a far way to go. Um, but Bitcoin can't do everything. And even if you try and say that there's going to be some side chain or I remember the, when we first started the show, everyone had the green, the dreams of grandeur where everyone was like, Bitcoin's just going to adopt everything. It's going to be like the blob. As soon as an altcoin does something really useful, Bitcoin is just going to upgrade real quick and take it. And now we find out how ugly it is to upgrade this decentralized software. So to say altcoins are going to go to zero is a really short-sighted thing. Like the, the main contention for the good portion of all of this podcast was the scaling debate of Bitcoin. And yeah. after the aftermath of the split, when we had, you know, Segwit and then and then no two and then the no two X update for the uh, the size of the block for for regular Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash split off, and then the infighting associated with those two communities, and that that just continues to rage on and on and on. Like mm-hmm. that was just one decision or one big upgrade. <laughs> yep, and just like ten percent, if not more, of the entire community split off into a separate separate thing. And yeah, the entire space grows. And so like 
the market cap of Bitcoin is bigger than it was before it split. So you can say there's growth there and it went in the right direction. But like, there's a lot of upgrades that need to happen before this becomes a technology that's ready to adopt, be adopted by the world. Mm -hmm. And if that's the rubric for how you upgrade Bitcoin, let me tell you what's not going to happen. Yeah. The next decisions are going to be just ridiculous. Like the privacy debate that's going on with Bitcoin, if it ever becomes where you got to have privacy on main chain. Oh, boy. Oh, so Delusion wins. I don't know if y'all saw the messages I was putting in the Slack while I was in F Berlin, but New Cypher made the first POC that does full homomorphic encryption smart contracts. And so what that means is completely private smart contracts. Now, hmm. it's not feasible to be usable at, at this point. It's not uh, ready to be used by like the masses. And I think we're going to have them on Hashing It Out soon to discuss all the intricacies of what that is and how far they need to go to get to something like that. But it was, it was, it was the groundwork for building completely private smart contracts. On Ether? Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was a generalized thing. It wasn't necessarily for Ether. It was like... This is these are the primitives that you need to build oh, okay. to build completely private smart contracts. Mm. Uh, but they're using it on Ethereum because that's the new cipher interfaces with Ethereum for the most part, based on their proxy re-encryption stuff, which is completely different. But like being able to have the like benefits of a blockchain, which is like that single source of truth that everyone agrees on in an adversarial setting but also to not have anybody see the information on that thing mm -hmm. is inevitable that like that's going to happen. So we'll have completely private blockchains that do arbitrary computation on them. That's provable. Mm -hmm. That's going to be ridiculous in terms of like the things that we build on that. And then like the types of applications they get yeah. built on that. And then what you're able to do completely privately with other people it, i don't know it, it's it's hard to see it's hard to imagine what the future is going to look like when those things are, are are useful enough to be used by a large number of people yeah i think it's going to take a few businesses to really do something with this tech that's novel but yeah i, I keep think waiting for it the thing but the thing about the reason why i feel the reason this keeps happening right is we've been saying this for years like it's going to take some business is going to grab hold of it and find a great use case and that there's business capitalism is rooted in so much greed that people can't get past the, oh, I can just make new money and make a ton of money. Like that dangling shiny carrot. It was funny when I was a business consultant talking to my bosses every time and they were, they were finally starting to get into Bitcoin. It was right when the price was up like around 18,000 and they were like, oh, this is a legitimate thing that you do. Their first thing was like, oh, well, we don't need to use the tech. Let's just make our own money. and get rich. And I was like, look, just like, can't be, you can't be a slimy businessman. Like you gotta, <laughs> it's, you, I understand the greed gets you far in capitalism and in, in capitalist societies. But however, with this tech, um, you just trying to make a new money means you're going to have very short term success. And um, I, I, I don't think people realize that uh, the value of a of an asset living on a blockchain is directly related to the number of people who use that blockchain. Mm -hmm. And so like you have to have 
a large community that use a specific blockchain for the asset, digital asset of that blockchain to be to have any value. I can, I can make a blockchain today. I can make hundreds of blockchains today, and they're going to be completely valueless because no one else uses them or depends on them. And when company, I think, I think companies are people who like think like, well, let's just make our own money. Let's just print money. Don't realize that. And that goes, that also goes for tokens that are built on Ethereum. I can build tokens for days easily, but they have no value because no one uses them. There's no dependency of a community to like build so, social interactions on top of that token. That's why Bitcoin has value because a shitload of people use it and speculate with it and Ethereum as well. How many, how many tokens would you say? Because now there's, I think, approaching five-digit number of tokens. Do you think is it just copy pasta and yeah. find replace oh, the name? Absolutely. Huge copy pasta. The, the, All the, copy the, pasta. The rate of success, right? The rate of success determines that you that could be a successful endeavor. If you take 15, not now. 25 different white papers. Well, not well. Yeah, probably not at this point. But maybe even six months ago. Take 10 to 15 white papers. Control F, find the name, find replace, put it out, change the logo, change the color. Look at Tron. And... Oh, yeah. Copy pasta. I love that phrase. Thank you, Colin, for introducing me to copy pasta. It works so much. It works in so many situations. And yeah, they have a market cap that's relatively large. And they're able to do things like like buy BitTorrent or some shit like that. Like, and That's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And so like... I, th I think those days are waning. You can probably still do it in some circumstances and we'll have another bull market of people doing something similar. But like all of that was initiated by, well, a good portion of this copy pasta was initiated by creating a standard around the RC20 token. And then it made, really, it made it really easy for people to create tokens without having to know exactly how they work. They just followed a standard and said, here we go, we did the standard. And then, you know... These exchanges could then incorporate that into it because they followed that standard and the exchange knew how to, knew how to add things to that standard really easily, mm -hmm. which then put it in an open market of tradability. And then you had a shitload of marketing around certain things based on we're going to revolutionize this nonsense or this nonsense. And people believe that bought stuff because everything else was going up and you had this crazy boom. And so there's going to be another thing like that that happens when we create another standard that makes it easy for somebody to do something they don't understand. I like my copy pasta with lemon butter sauce and mm. shrimp. All right, guys, we got to wrap. All right. Uh, Chell, tell them about the book, man. Tell them, tell the people, give the people what they want. Yeah. So everyone, you know, keeps saying like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a compilation of all the 10 words or less answers that we ask every guest that comes on our show. And that's going to be a reality and it's going to come sooner than you think. Yep. So we know you guys have been waiting on shirts for six months, but <laughs> <laughs> the book will be coming soon. Uh, shout out to Cello personally, who's personally been grinding out on that. Um, yeah, it's been Cello. Tell, what's the most interesting thing you found about when you're compiling this book and getting the art and doing, you know, looking at the people? Uh, rappers don't know what they're talking about yet. The cool kids did. The cool kids knew cool what they were kids. talking about. Every other rapper that we've had on the show has been oblivious. And if I if I hear another person use peer to peer describing anything, I will scream. 
Yeah, it is. That's not something that regular people think. <laughs> regular people don't think I'm having this conversation peer to peer. In front of me. Um, I think only the gaming community understands the P2P. And but. and torrent people, people who download shit illegally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean torrent illegally? Did you ever like wait until uh, like an upload was at ninety nine percent, and then you would kill it, and then you would just picture the guy on the other side like screaming? Well, that's no, not peer to peer, right? It, like, well, that's not the way it works. So they're not relying on you for the whole file. Maybe wait. wait oh, I, I used to kill files at ninety nine percent, hoping that that would happen. So <laughs> no, it didn't work that way. Chills, no, it doesn't work that way. But you're an asshole. Wait, so you were maniacally laughing to yourself about doing nothing to the other person, like ah, you almost got I was it. Like, this person really wants this Destiny Child MP3, but it's not happening. Click. Unless you were the only Cedar slash Leisure, then yeah, that would be the case. But more often than not, that's not the case. Uh, well, wasting time on Kaza. That would be the case, like for people that are bootlegging jazz albums. You know what I mean? So, so many people seen jazz albums. <laughs> You're not getting the jazz here. Um, all right, guys, uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, so if you go to the Bitcoin dot network dot all the things, the site's back up and running. Uh, Captain Hacker, funny thing that you tried there, ass hat, fucking clown. But we're back up and running. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see what uh, what do we do so uh we release lots of shows uh, going on eight hours of content a week on average Corey has hashing it out what's up Joe? new show coming next week right yeah amy amy Wan, law and blockchain um we have four shows recorded already and they actually stream together so it's very well done how she's done that um letting you guys know uh, obviously the, the end of 2017 there was so much rigmarole when it came to ICOs, not all of them were legal. Some of them were just straight up illegal. She goes into what is legal and what isn't. We do have laws. We do have to follow them, especially here in the States. Um, talks about all kinds of things like the Jobs Act and why the Howie test was even invented. It's just a really good show. So um, hashing it out, of course, Corey's deep dive, just the headers, which thank you guys for liking so much. Me and Jesse really enjoy making that show. It's a lot of fun. Cello, you should come on it next week. You'll come on the next no one. No doubt. All right. Yeah. Um, announcements. We Dose of Ether. Dose of Ether, right? Um, which is probably one of the better performing shows so far. They, they've come out with some great content right off the bat. Crypto and um, Soul Infinity, Creating a Humanist Blockchain Future. The Crypto cool Bully. Podcast. Crypto, Crypto Bully. Bully. We do all kinds um, of things. Come and listen. Yeah, you should never even need to listen to any other podcasts ever. You should just listen to our network. That's and there'd could. be some on wrapping if right. people actually stuck to the calendar. Yeah, but people don't. So. <laughs> uh, I, don't I, just, I don't know. Maybe, okay, audience, you're really good with calls to action. If you know family members or friends that need a Bitcoin on ramping and then a subtle blockchain on ramping, Everyone in my immediate personal circle already either has crypto or sold it off or has been paying attention vicariously through me. And then when I do meet people that are just one, uh, one, uh, let's say, uh, dimension outside of my personal network, um, they're usually too busy being adults to have time to sit down and talk to me about crypto. Like I'm talking, their excuses are like, my kid has a soccer game, so can we do this some other time? And I'm like, oh my god, for real. Like, I understand, I get it. So 
Bring it my way. I'm looking to on-ramp some people because I really enjoy those. Um, that's it. We do lots of stuff. Medium.com slash Bitcoin podcast. You can see JT's writings. Um, hop in the Slack. Hang out with us. Uh, it's going down in the, in the Slack. You guys got anything else? Nah. I'm good. Nah. Shout out to Zoe Saldana and Zazie Beats. Uh, play the outro.